This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, January 17th, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. This week, a train carrying goods from China will arrive in Great Britain. That may not seem like a big deal, but the 18-day journey is the beginning of an important trading relationship. Christine Galusian, a visiting research fellow at the Cato Institute, explains the importance. The Silk Road route is a project conceptualized by China's President Xi Jinping in 2013. And the point of it is to build a series of routes across continents, um, overland and by sea. So that constitutes the maritime component of the One Belt, One Road, as it's also called. Um, the point of it is, well, it's a domestic project, really. That's where the idea came from. Um, it has to do with China's economy slowing down from double-digit growth into single-digit growth, um, changing its economy structure from a manufacturing one to a consumer-based one, so opening up new markets abroad, and also to help mitigate the regional disparities within China between the East and West. So in that regard, for instance, this new freight line from China to the UK starts off in the eastern province of China, and it ends up in East London in the UK. Now that's a, a I mean, it's according to the figures that uh, some news reports have laid out, 7,500 miles crossing through seven countries to get there. Presumably, these countries have to accommodate this uh, train traveling all the way from China to London? Well, it's in their best interest to do so because the train is also going back to China with their own goods on board. So it helps with trade in terms of European cities and China. China. Kazakhstan, Russia, Belarus, Poland, Germany, Belgium, France, and of course China and the UK are the countries that uh, this uh, rail line is traveling through. Some of these places aren't very stable. That's true. And in that regard, trade is in their best interest because it does help to stabilize economic growth in these regions, bring stability, um, and also help connect these countries with each other. And so in particular, some of the volatile regions that the one that the New Silk Road traverses in Central Asia and South Asia are not the most stable politically or economically. And it can certainly help these countries to not be so marginalized, stand up on their own feet economically, and to spur global economic growth in general. So trade is extremely beneficial for not only lowering the temperature of global conflict, but to help promote stability in volatile regions. And it's one of the best ways to avoid conflict amongst countries. So specifically, Kazakhstan and Belarus did 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 these countries do specific things to say, oh, yes, by all means, we would like your train to travel through our country? So Kazakhstan, you mentioned, is a very good example. Um, to attract investment as part of the One Belt, One Road project, it has reformed its own domestic legislation to allow for more transparency, for stronger rule of law, removing or lessening trade barriers. And some countries have even set up free economic zones to help attract investment. So it's certainly, these are all positive developments, and it also incentivizes the adoption of free market principles. You said this began uh, with an idea from the Chinese president in 2013, so that was well before Donald Trump even announced that he would be running for president in 2016. Uh, And he spent most of his campaign talking about demonizing China, uh, demonizing Company, U.S. companies that have operations in the U.S. moving offshore. Since he's been elected, he's threatened companies like Carrier, Toyota, GM, Ford, uh, threatening penalty of tariff if they move production uh, outside the United States. So, what is the lesson for the United States uh, seeing this 
a closer economic cooperation between Great Britain and China. There is a very good example um, between the UK's cooperation with China as part of the New Silk Road project, and in general, the golden era of investment which the UK announced with China recently. Um, this would also work well for US businesses, for instance, suppliers of technology, raw materials, equipment, components, engineering, procurement, construction companies, they can all benefit. Um, it can help create US job growth as well. Cooperating with China is a much better policy approach than the protectionist and economically isolationist rhetoric being put out by the incoming Trump administration. So in that regard, the U.S. should follow U.K.'s example and also do trade with the U.K. as well. Um, they are also, because of Brexit, having to negotiate new trade agreements. And um, the U.K. representative to the EU, Ivan Rogers, um, just mentioned that it might take up to 10 years to negotiate new trade agreements with the EU. Now, that might be a very long span of time. Others have projected two years it could take to renegotiate trade deals with the EU. Regardless, it's a long, drawn-out process. In the meantime, the U.S. could help spur investment and trade deals with the U.K., one of our closest allies. Christine Galusian is a visiting research fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate this podcast at iTunes and Google Play, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.